Get up. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak, because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge, Quality Matters, Performance Counts, Shen Gear, Waterfowl Gear that is built better, Benelli USA, Dominate the Skies, and Ducks Unlimited, the world's leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Spence Halford. I'm joined <laughs> by the marvelous, very handsome, I might add, Levi Gerke. Well, thank you. I wasn't expecting that kind of thing. <laughs> you got your Not many people call me handsome. You got a hoodie and sunglasses and a hat on, so you're covered uh, up a lot of the ugly. You know, like how a lot of people, they follow Drake's uh, standards. I, I seen him over there wearing sunglasses, so I had to try them on. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Nice to meet you, Gert. Glad you're here. Also joined by Aaron Blackwood. Roll Tide. God, he took it. Took it from me. He did, boy. And I mean, I can't, can't fault him because Alabama ran the ball down LSU's throat this weekend. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Y'all look like a dang national championship contender, which is it's far, about for time. The, far for the October-November course mm. when it comes to saving. Yeah, about time. This, you know, up until now, it's been, you know, we've got some wins, but it's been a struggle fest, and yeah. it's not been fun to watch. Yeah. Go ahead and tell us how hard it is to be an Alabama fan. This year, it's hard. We're listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had standards. Try being a Razorback yeah, fan. Sincerely yeah. a hog fan. Yeah. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Tiger fan and everything else. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're not sorry for you, Aaron. No, uh, it's all right. Also joined by old three-time, Drake three Levy. <laughs> I wish I knew the button was there. There's a clapping button somewhere. <laughs> Get it dialed in, Gert. And, uh, and our Riles Bennett. Our roll Tide. Roll Tide. Other resident Alabama fan. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining. I, I know this is a it's a real takes a real level of commitment to take time out of your work day, you know, to sit here and podcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I genuinely appreciate the extra effort and the. It's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. Out here. This yeah. is tough work here. <laughs> Long <laughs> lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> oh me. Um, all right. Well, so just before we dive into our agenda today, because we do have a typed out three point agenda. We'll see if we actually follow that agenda or not. But before we dive in too far, I just want to say in our last episode called Man Down, um, it was brought to my attention that we were a little harsh. And by we, I mean me, towards Squints, Frawley, William, McGee, and... Uh, All pudding. Hashtag PN. <laughs> pudding man. Those of you that know, no. Well, so... Uh, Anyways, I'm 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 saying sort of an apology, but I'm also sort of saying to the world, we 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 kind of missed him, and I was you know bagging on him pretty hard, and and then he edited the podcast and he pulled all the bagging out of it, <laughs> and so it just sounded like we just miss him, and we do miss him, but I mean, feel like we deserve to be able to 
rag on him a little bit. He did. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's bad on his part. That's all right. You know, <laughs> don't worry. I'll think of something to say. I'll get underneath his skin. <laughs> we were all in Canada, and Girk was like, so now that you're working from home, I mean, what do you do? Just eat Lucky Charms in your underwear in the mornings? And <laughs> That's the PG-13 side of it. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> PG. <laughs> oh, me. Anyways, we, we do miss Frawley. He has not quit. He's just relocated back yep. to Nashville, and he's doing good work from Nashville. So, Frawley, if you're listening to this episode, that, by the way, you didn't – Edit. <laughs> we do. We do miss you. You don't get the chance this time. <laughs> we do miss you. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> not really. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, rough crowd. All right. So, so real, real agenda point number one. Let's talk for just a minute about the core calls. They've been surfacing on all things cut down and call nuts and several of the other collector mm-hmm. pages. I know we've gotten a bunch of questions um, in our, you know, to the website emails and stuff like that about the core calls. And so uh, since you guys are the waterfowl department, I'm pointing yep. towards yep. Riles and, and Drake. Tell us a little bit, Riles, okay. you can go first about yeah. the core line. Um, pretty much it's, you know, it's all, it's a full acrylic duck call. It's just in that frosted clear acrylic. Um, and it's got a very little man hour to it. Um, it doesn't get polished. Um, it gets an engraving with no paint fill, you know, mm-hmm. so, and as far as tuning goes, you know, me and Drake, we tune them just the same as all the other acrylics, customs. I mean, they all get the same swipes, same read cut. Yep. Um, so sound quality's there. Yep. It's just And it's American way. made, clear, right. Spartec acrylic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just our way of finding a more cost-effective way to try our duck calls without, you know, losing our sound quality with, you know, polycarbonate calls. Yep. So that's kind of our rendition of, you know, poly. A I lot guess more consistent of yeah. the sound, a lot more consistent. poly, you yep. know, things like that. And they, they get the same hand-tuned touch to them, job, mm-hmm. you know, but oh, yeah. just a little bit less man hours. Yeah, yep. I've tuned plenty of core calls that I would love to hunt, you yeah. know, so yes. they're all hammers. And, and the, you were talking about consistency. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we found last calendar year – because I felt like all of 22, we chased the injection-molded keyhole call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what we found was, like, we could take a perfect call that we wanted to have replicated in, in an injection mold, but when they put the, um, you know, when they shoot the material into the mold, there's shrinkage and contraction that happens because yep. it's, a, it's a liquid plastic yep. that goes into a cavity of a mold and then by the time it hardens, you know, it has to go from really hot to really cool. Mm-hmm. There's a contraction process. And so they're doing kind of an engineering calculation of, like, making the cavity just slightly oversized yep. so that when it contracts and, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're doing all these back-end calculations and adjustments to the mold so that you're you're not actually – you're, like, over-engineering, yep. you know, the part That's that right. you like. And so what comes out is always a little different. Mm-hmm. It's not a cast-molded, you know. Yep. Yep. And, and – uh we never could get that keyhole like we wanted. Mm-mm. And, you know, from a business standpoint, we did the, the core stuff more than anything so that we had something we could sell to our dealers because we're watching less and less dealers around the country mm-hmm. want to have a cabinet with acrylic duck calls in it um, because inevitably people have a specific color in mind, mm-hmm. you know, and they – they'll just call and order that from us or from mm-hmm. any other company out there. And so mm-hmm. um, 
I know y'all are probably tired of seeing and tuning for oh, us because we burned through a bunch yeah. of them. When they yeah, come, they come in a tub of about 200 every yeah, time, it yeah, seems with, like. With so. a vengeance. Very yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but it's it's cool, though, because, you know, polys can be inconsistent, like you were saying. So, I mean, that's the one good thing that we've got on our side is we've got Mark Brown making them the same every single yeah. time. So. Yeah. And, you know, the other question we've gotten is about cost. So, mm-hmm. a core call, MSRP, 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um some of the dealers have been selling them for 70. So between 60 and 70 okay. bucks. And the difference between that and $175, people feel like there's a gimmick in there. But the truth is clear acrylic is like one fourth of the cost of say a, a rod of pearl acrylic. Mm-hmm. And so we're just reflecting the sales price in the raw material cost, like mm-hmm. the raw material cost mm-hmm. difference between clear acrylic and colored acrylic is yep. significant. Yep. I don't know why that is. Yeah, that, but it's. I mean, I can look at the price list and go, <laughs> "This is not the same as yep. this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've got those. Um, and although I didn't say this earlier, but all the models, it's. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we've got the XL, um, the Brood R, and the Brood OG. Um, as long as our with a pure duck, mean duck, and then the wood duck call, and the pure duck two, and the pure duck two. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the double reed pure duck as well. Um, and our and, honker and bouncers. Yep. And I think next year there'll be a few additions. I know mm-hmm. the XLS will be in the core line. Yep. Um, working on a few twists for mm-hmm. a, a double read in there, an- another double read. But right. um, yeah, it looks like you'll see those a bunch of places. And uh, we actually added the word acrylic to the packaging because there was some confusion mm-hmm. about yeah. that. People were like, well, this is not acrylic. The back <laughs> said it on a blurb, you know, mm-hmm. but the, didn't say it on the front of the card. So. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's that's kind of the the backstory on yep. the, the core line. Um, so don't don't hesitate. That's a high quality duck call. It's gotten all the same all the same effort. Just uh, you know, it's an F one fifty that doesn't have power windows. <laughs> <laughs> Utility model. That's right. Yeah, Utility. It's your, it's your work yeah. mode. Um, so I guess while we're on the duck calls, um, we can talk a little bit. Round three of the Levy cut goes out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, any over and unders on what's going to happen there? Well, I hate to sound too confident, but last time I said I wouldn't be surprised to see 350 go in an hour. <laughs> and they all went under half an hour. So 20, I, I would say with the number minutes, that we're releasing minutes? tomorrow, I would give it half an hour again. Yeah. So tomorrow's launch is going to be a little different than the previous two because we're not going to really, like, we're not going to send out a big email. We're just going to, we're trying this new feature on the website that when something goes back in stock, you know, people get notified. So, like, Mm -hmm. if you go right now to the Levy Cut or any other item on the website that's out of stock and you click Notify Me, as soon as we increase the inventory on that item, they're going to get notified. And as of... Friday, there were 371, I think, unique people that had signed up for Notify Me wow. on this item. Uh, so Jason texted me Friday evening. He was like, hope y'all are ready. Uh, so anyways, we'll, we'll see. Hope we are too. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're more ready than we've ever been. I mean, I don't yeah. know that you can ever be yeah. ready, but Libby's back there right now taping up boxes and yeah. preparations. So hopefully ready we can, for war. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we can get these – you know, shipped out in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. Um, if everybody's fingers and 
you know, condom applying devices can. Uh, they're still tingling. They're about 70 before launch, and they're just the whole all launch while I was holding my spoon. It was just constant pain <laughs> on my tongue. <laughs> Shaking, look like that scene out of is that Steel Magnolias where they go to the. Uh, they, you know, they go to the the old folks' home and he's trying to eat corn, and it just like falls. Corn everywhere. falls off. The <laughs> yep, that's how I felt. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right, so we're plowing right on through our agenda. I guess the next big thing for us is it's about duck time here, boys. I mean, yeah. Well, it mm-hmm. looks like there's a few of us that are getting a duck hunt this week. Yeah, yeah, man, old Gert, we yeah, get to go. I didn't to think about Southeast that. Missouri, yeah. Missouri. Nice. I'm excited, and from uh, the picture I seen this past weekend, they got them. They got them. Y'all are going with Semo Outfitters. Yep, Semo Outfitters. Kyle Wojciechowski will be my guess. Wojciechowski's. Who has actually? He's on a short list of people who's actually slept here in the shop. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Oh, he, many, one of them. he filled yeah, up one of the air mattresses. Yeah, in the not, back. not many people know that, but yeah. um, anybody. Anybody, just a trivia, anybody know any who else is on the list of people who spent the night, slept here in the shop? Drake. I know of one. We're sitting on where Drake slept right uh, now. Uh-uh, oh, no. right there. Oh, you Drake, didn't, Drake you didn't and Lauren on the couch? put the old queen size <laughs> down there on the floor. <laughs> old Memphis is out of power. Yeah. I, I, saved that, I saved that picture. It's Drake and Lauren, like mom and dad in the bed, yeah. propped up, heads, watching a movie uh, on, this, on the TV right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Mm. I've not yet slept here at the shop. I've slept in the barn a few times. Uh, but I'm going to try to hold off on sleeping at the shop here. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, gets cold in this big room. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee <laughs> it, it does. Cold. It's cold here every morning mm-hmm. when you come in, first thing. Um, yeah, so that'll be good. Y'all are uh, got yeah, some customers. Really excited about that. Take. Yep. Greg Walser and excited. Chris Spencer and... Two guys from Cypress Creek you were yeah. telling me about. So. Matt, uh, Matthew Criswell, who's better known as Frog, and Samarcus. Uh, okay. And they've they're been great customers, and so that ought to be a good time. A good lot of dogs. Good deal. I'm excited to hunt that Levy cut. Very excited to hunt that Levy cut. You'll, you'll be the uh, – well, I was going to say you'd be the second person because Gilpin – Claims yeah. he's the first. Mm-hmm. I believe he's the first to kill ducks with a, yeah. kill, with a uh, gosh with a Levy cut. But I think there's been some since then. Yeah, that have been killed. So you'd be in the first batch. Yeah, it's good enough for me. First batch. I'm sure ducks. there's some <laughs> undercover people that have been using the Levy cut and killing some ducks. <laughs> undercover. Undercover. <laughs> undercover. <laughs> the customers. Uh, you look like you're in an undercover right now. Incognito. You caught me. <laughs> For those of you at home listening, no oh gosh, Girk is wearing a black sweatshirt that has in quotations <laughs> just the camera guy. <laughs> no dude. Oh dude. <laughs> My bad. Dude. Along with a wall media hat. Mm, just decked out. Yeah. Swagged. Swagged. With the shades on. Edits three videos in one week. He's a man now. <laughs> the man. <laughs> I am him. He, uh, we were in there earlier in the office talking about something, and Lindy walked in. And she heard Gert explaining a few ideas, and she was like, good job, Gert. She said, you're trying to be employee of the week two weeks in a row. And he said, there's not much competition in the media department these days, boss. <laughs> Me, myself, and I, I got nobody else. Oh, gosh. Okay. I mean, 
being first in something is always good. Doesn't matter how much competition there is. I've been first in a lot of things. No plaques or anything for it, like Drake, but you know what I mean? It's just like little mental notes, like, yeah, I won that. You know what I mean? I love it. I'm listening. I, this is fantastic. You beat somebody to a stuff like, mm, I, I yeah. Got it. Got him. <laughs> no, nah, but I, back to Dude, duck hunting. Stuck at the, at the I will say, I will say, I'm excited for this duck season just because yeah. my first season here, it was like, it was all just like crash course because I, I, I didn't know anything about Arkansas woods, you know. And then now this year, it's you know me, Drake, and Riley, and everybody are just gelling a little bit better, and it's just going to be a lot better duck season. I think you learned um, last year that you have to be able to pick your knees up. In the woods, and your waiters have got to allow you to pick your knees up. Yeah, that walk. was that was de- definitely a fault on my end. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Learn anything else last duck season, Gert? Plenty, plenty. <laughs> tell us, a, tell us a lesson or two. I think probably one of the most unique lessons. Well, I don't know if it's a lesson. It's kind of just like a um, anecdotal memento. Mm, it's just like a memory, I guess. Oh, okay, okay. Riley was sitting on this tree, and I was filming behind, and he goes, he's like, hey, just walk over here, and, and then step your left leg to the left just just a few inches, and it beveled down, and, and I go, oh, why, why is that? And he goes, that's because a whole bunch of people have hunted here, and I was like, that's when it... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah. That's how you tell a good shooting hole yeah, in blowing yeah, up that, trees. That was definitely a kill tree. There was no doubt about that, it. From that point on, it blew my mind about a lot of the history inside of the Arkansas woods. That is cool. I mean, coming from a person like me where I, I've never, ever yeah. stepped foot in it and then basically get, you know, a golden ticket to some some good hunting in the public yeah. woods. Because there's people that go into the public woods and they're still fresh at it and they don't know all the all the good and bad about where places are. And, you That's know, Drake right. and Riley mm-hmm. know a lot of good and bad places and they choose to go to the good places <laughs> a lot of the times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't have to learn anything. I just got drug along. Well, good. But now this next duck season, it's, this season's going to be some. I feel like the words of Gurk, heroic or... <laughs> There's going to be a time. Gurk's going to be on his mountain of happiness you, yeah, again. Mountain of happiness <laughs> words are going to come out in the woods. Before we go too much further, can you spell heroic? No, I can't. <laughs> I can... I can say it, the word. H-E-R-O-I-C. Mm. Heroic. Is that, so, is that, were you saying, like, heroic, like, heroic or, or, like, horaic, like, the adjective form of a whore? What, no, I think, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's just definitely what he I'm meant. Just, I'm just <laughs> trying to, a lot of whores for Gert this duck season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I understand. Or, or was this, like, Horrific, except the verb form of horrific. I no, I th- I'm trying to make it into good terms, like happy, you know, so happy like heroic. Of the heroic. Of the heroic. heroic. <laughs> what was the word one more time? Heroic. Heroic. Not, has nothing to do with the northern lights. No, none of the. <laughs> it, sounds a little aurora. it sounds a little different each time he says it. Yeah. 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 Say it one more time. Yeah, no, no. Say it one more time, Gert. No. Come on. Yellow. Go ahead, go ahead. Go Yellow. ahead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we were eating dinner last night. By the way, I took Gert deer hunting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yeah. fabulous. Yeah, Gert helped me brush a blind, so I put him in the deer stand, you know, and uh, we get... With a rifle? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Aaron, we don't bow. No, I didn't know. If he, <laughs> no, I thought I made this I, abundantly clear. I didn't know if you stuck a camera in his hands or if he was going to get to kill something or what he was no, doing. No, I, I put him in a deer stand, which describing to Girk what he could and couldn't shoot was hysterical. Oh, I bet. Once I told him he needed to be willing to mount it, he was like, oh, okay, well, I won't shoot anything that's got horns. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that. Like, if a whopper walks by, I want you to kill it. I mean... I just yeah. want you to realize that whatever you kill, we're going to put on the wall at the shop. And if it's a little one, you're going to experience ridicule <laughs> every day. You know, and he was like, yeah, okay. All right, I'll look for a big one, boss. But, uh, no. Well, there's no body hanging, so I guess you didn't see anything. I did not. I did not see anything. Otherwise, it would have got shot. I promise you that. You should have called Josh and asked where he was peeing. You'd have seen. <laughs> yeah. You'd have, you'd have got something, yeah. Yeah, I showed him a picture of Josh's deer. but Yeah. Nobody's quite got the level of luck that Josh has. I mean, yeah, that sucker's got a horseshoe hanging out his rear end. Wasn't that his first like week down here? Like, yeah, ever he'd been on the job maybe not even a month. Yeah, yeah, and he came down first week in November, <laughs> and I had this whopper that had been on camera every day since the first of August. Like I'm talking about, <laughs> this deer ended up measuring 157 inches. Mm. It's a clean eight. Mm. Like he's oh. his G threes were 20 one and a half inches or something oh, wow. godly i mean it wow. comes up and wraps around maybe it was <laughs> maybe it was 15 inches 23 was his main beam or something i don't know the numbers are huge and they don't Jeez. mean anything to me except josh hunted one morning and he <laughs> went to leave his truck to walk to the stand and he heard a deer grunt so he just took a knee got daylight and this deer's locked down on a doe about 120 yards from his truck and he shoots it in the throat and oh texts me gosh. hope we can still be friends after mm. this <laughs> <laughs> come down here bro, brought his gun didn't have any bullets i had yeah. to go leave the shop we were putting together mouth <laughs> i didn't I had to, know that i had story. to go to i had to go to the pyramid and i bought him i think it was 25 out six shells i had to buy him two boxes of it next day he sends me a picture sitting out there at the farm with Jeez. you know with a monster the funniest thing about that is that Walt Gabbard mm-hmm. from Mossy Oak, he was working for Mossy Oak at the time, and he told me, he said, I heard Josh is coming down to your place. He said, man, if you got a big deer, you better hide it. <laughs> he said, because Josh will find it and kill it. And I was like, man, no. I said, I do have a really big one that I've been hunting. And I'd hunted him three or four times. In fact, I saw the deer the day before, like two miles south of where Josh killed it. Mm. And, uh, and Walt was like, I'm telling you, man. He said, we had one that was about 140 inches on camera took him and he missed it at like 400 yards and he said he said it wasn't 20 minutes later about 185 inch deer walks out that we didn't even know existed and josh killed it oh my god he said we've never even seen a deer on our farm like that josh shows up two hours kills it he said i'm just telling you he's got a horseshoe hanging out his rear end he said he's gonna kill your big deer if you got one my gosh, I called Walt on the way home, and I was like, Walt, <laughs> the problem with this is you warned me. <laughs> he said, yeah. So I made Josh sit on the sidelines for a couple of seasons, but he's going to come back this year. Good. Hunt, maybe. You better bring a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, anyways. Well, what are, what are y'all's opening weekend plans? Girk, you're going to be in – Alberta, Alberta. hopefully with a better, smoother entry and exit than Spence's last. Y'all got a little story. (laughs) Spence got a story to tell. Mm. That was a horrific, heroic, (laughs) (laughs) heroic, Yeah, that was awful. That was leaving Calgary 
was just definitely a memory that we're happy that is a funny moment now. But well, it go, wasn't going up there wasn't much better. I flew a direct flight out of Nashville, first class. Found this flight on WestJet. It's like five hundred bucks Canadian, which was like three hundred and fifty dollars American. They lost my gun on a direct flight. They put it wow. on a completely different flight, flew it to Toronto. This whole rigmarole getting that. That's two years in a row for you, you know, losing something. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, coming home, man, we, uh, I've never been checked. Have you, Drake, coming home, them asking um, you about your guns? No, huh? And we went through customs and they said, who's declaring guns? And Drake and I both raised our hand. They were like, y'all step over here. And we're like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> went back to a little, little room and, uh, and they ran the serial number on our guns. We were kind of cutting it close at that point. Drake's come back clean. Mine come back stolen. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I was like, well, what, what do we do about that? And they pull up the police report. And, heck, it was a police report that I had filed. <laughs> <laughs> he, was like, he was like, do you remember ever reporting this gun missing? And I was like, no. And I told him the whole story about how it got lost on the way up there. That's kind of what I was thinking. He was like, man, this one shows a police report filed in – January of 2021 by Charles Halford. Do you know him? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> He's like, so now you have this gun. And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't file that. And he pulls the report up and he's like, you didn't file this? And I'm looking at my signature. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> Sheesh, it was, it was downhill from there. The guy let me get on the flight and said, we'll, we'll call Memphis and we'll get it taken care of. And so we, uh, when we got off in Dallas, I wish we had – we need to find the video that uh, – Ramsey took. Ramsey took. Yeah. Because they were two big SWAT team-looking dudes waiting <laughs> on the tar back. Like, I didn't even get That's to step great. off yeah. the plane. He had T-Pain rolling. Love yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these two dudes had – I mean, they had a bulletproof vest on, guns hanging everywhere, and they are like, Mr. Halford, come with us. There was no oh, you Charles Halford. They had a printed out picture of my face, like from my passport. They were like, Mr. Halford, come with us. And we ducked off some little back door and went the back way. And next thing I know, I'm in this detention office. Oh, my gosh. Customs. And, uh, I mean, we had like, what, like 45 minutes to catch our flight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our plane at Calgary got delayed because of engine problems. Yep, that's right. We may have had less than forty five minutes actually. Yeah, it was it was because we had to get on that that little train track thing. You, yeah, and go you around. missed. You were running to the you were running to the plane to get on the plane leaving from Calgary to Dallas. You were running to it. We, me and me and Drake had to try to keep the the gate the people. door open. Yeah. yeah, and we were arguing with them like three of us, me and Ramsey and Drake, and they're like, <laughs> "Get on the plane!" We're like, "No, you gotta wait for space." Yeah. <laughs> But then, but then it still took a while after that because of the engine problems. So when we got to Dallas, we were we were delayed, and where well, we we didn't have nearly the amount of time in our layover that we thought. Well, um, then we I, got delayed again before we left. Yeah, I, it was obvious real quick that I was going to be in that detention office for a while. So I remember I called Drake and I was like, "When you get in the air, you buy the Wi-Fi package." Which, by the way, I need to Venmo you for the Wi-Fi package. It was like. $15. Do- doesn't matter. I was like, I want to be able to text you because I need to know somebody. <laughs> but so I had driven Drake's truck to Nashville because the boy, y'all had, or the boys had 
driven my truck up. Frawley and Trip mm-hmm. drove it home. So your truck was in Nashville in some godforsaken back 40 parking lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. How hard was it to find your truck? You know, it really wasn't that bad because we got on the right bus and it took us there. And we stopped at the first stop because, like, let's just go ahead and get off because I had a picture that you sent and I yeah. seen what was in the back, like the signs in the background. So we just went to them signs mm-hmm. and we like, all right, where is it at? Hit a button, there it was. Well, you also didn't have luggage. <laughs> didn't have, have luggage. So, the, so, so I'm in, they, you know, these two SWAT team and looking dudes. And about didn't have the truck keys either. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When I realized I was going to miss this flight, I asked this Border Patrol agent, I was like, is there any way you can take these keys to the two guys on this flight? Mm-hmm. He's like, sure. He said, what's his name? Christopher Levy. What's he look like? I describe him. Guy walks off to with the keys, okay? He's got to go clear across the airport. He did not write down Drake's name. <laughs> he did not write down the description, nor did he write down the flight number. And I'm thinking, the chances this guy can go across the airport and remember Christopher Levy flight, blah, 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 whatever it was, mm-hmm. and deliver these keys in time. Like, they're holding up the plane at this point, mm-hmm. hoping that I can get I was get literally, they're like, no, nope, you got to go through. And I just gave her my boarding pass or whatever and, and went to go walk there. And I turned back and I seen him like, there he is. Right. Did you not know that I was, I, I was, I was putting him on pause because I gave him my Calgary to Dallas. Did you hear that? Yeah, this was slick. <laughs> on purpose? Yeah. Yes. He gave him the wrong boarding pass and then pretended he couldn't find it. And it was in my back pocket the whole time. <laughs> I didn't find this out until the other day. I was like, Gert, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Right when you said, there he is. I pulled it out of my back pocket and I gave it to the gate. <laughs> I had my camera bag and I was digging through there. I was like, I know it's here. I know it is. Got him. Oh, so... So I'm in this detention office, and we figured out that there was no way I was making this flight. Got the keys to y'all. And so I just said, you know, give y'all the keys. That way y'all can drive home from Nashville. I'll just book all that. I started looking up on all the afternoon flights to get to Memphis, and I figured I could get picked up from the Memphis airport easier than making y'all wait three or four, five hours in Nashville, you know, which would have sucked, and then still have a two- or three-hour drive. So we got y'all the keys. And I'm in detention, and finally the – by detention, I mean there's like five or six. Serious border, detention. Customs and Border Patrol, U.S. Mm-hmm. Customs and Border Patrol, serious. I'm now in America, not should have been allowed into the country. Like they're pissed that the guy in Calgary let me on the plane. <laughs> yeah. So, so the issue is I have a, I have a quote-unquote stolen firearm. Well, they're going to fix this – and, but they're, they're telling me there's no way this is going to get fixed while I'm here, and they're going to keep the guns, and then I'm going to have to go through this whole process to get them back. And the guy goes, the only way that I know that you could take these guns with you is if Memphis Police Department will amend the, the stolen firearm record in whatever the database, the NCIS or whatever, the, I don't know, there's some database of stolen firearms. And he goes, we can call Memphis and see if they'll do it. And of course, you know, I've spent my whole life here in the Memphis metro mm-hmm. area. And I'm thinking, the chances that somebody at Memphis Police Department is going to answer the phone, number one, <laughs> like a million to one. The chances that the person who answers the phone is going to get us to somebody helpful, million to one. The chances that we actually talk to somebody who could affect change and that person have that enough initiative to actually do it, no chance. <laughs> I don't know how. Dude dials the number, and Sergeant So-and-so answers the phone 
and it's like, yeah, sure, no problem, I can help. So the Border Patrol guy, like, waves me down. I'm, I'm sitting over in this detention area off to the side. He motions me over. I come over. He hands me his cell phone. He's like, here, talk to Sergeant so-and-so. And I say, I'm Charles Halford. Yeah, I've got this gun right here, blah, blah, blah. The guy's like, okay, cool. We'll amend it. He amends it. The guy hits refresh on the computer screen. All of a sudden, gun not stolen. Problem solved. I'm like, holy cow, man. Wow. This mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Because I've got two guns in my case, and I've got Drake's gun. And I'm expecting to have to leave all three of them. And by the way, just as a side note, like the gun in question is my all-time favorite M2 20 gauge. <laughs> oh no! I mean, like it's it's it's, it's been your shooter. <laughs> yes, and your misser. I mean, it's the gun you you know. Right. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been around the world a few times, and uh, lots of good stories on that gun. The guys like, man, you know, it's. I'm expecting to have to leave it. So in the midst of all of a sudden now this firearm's no longer stolen, this dude walks up, and I guess he was some kind of a high-level supervisor customs, and he goes, where's your 4457? And I said, well, I've got my Canadian paperwork, because when you go into Canada, you pay 25 bucks, and you you know they register your guns, whatever. And he said, no, I need your US CBP 4457. And I said, I'm not familiar with what that is. And he said, uh, you're an FFL dealer, and you don't know what the U.S. CBP 4457 is. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I'm like. I'm, I no, I don't, nerd. Yeah, flashbacks of, <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks of office space, you know. It's like, that's to do with the stapler. You know? Like, I'm going to need to see your, one of the reports. He's, you yeah. know. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, sir, I, I don't. And he goes, you mean to tell me? He says it again. You mean to tell me you've got an FFL and you go to Canada two or three times a year hunting and you don't know what the 4457 is? <laughs> I just looked at him and I was like, sir, I, I'm really not trying to be a jerk. And I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I just don't know what you're talking about. Never seen it, never heard of it. He was like, oh, my gosh. And, I mean, he flew off the handle. And, dude, he chewed me <laughs> like I hadn't been chewed since high school. I mean, I, it was to the point that I was just kind of wanted to be like, you know, Your Honor, could I just please take my spankings or whatever <laughs> now? You know, like, <laughs> your dad's like, look, we can do this one of two ways. You can just take your licks or you can hear a lecture. And he's like, I'll take the licks. Yeah. Just yep. get this over. Yep. Man, he chewed me up one side and down the other. And he goes, Look, man, he said, this is going to be a costly lesson. We're, you're, you're going to forfeit these guns, and we're seizing them. And he said, you're probably going to lose your FFL. You're going to probably lose the right to ever fly with a firearm in the United States again. You have illegally exported firearms to a foreign country. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm speechless and, you know, on the brink of tears at this point. I'm just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Been in Canada two weeks, and this dude's going to, like, take my favorite gun. And, uh, and Drake's favorite gun. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> Didn't even go there. I'm thinking, golly, I got to buy Drake a new shotgun. God. Damn, it would have been and, a great time to get a new one, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and anyways, so this goes on, and, I mean, he's, he's, he's mad. And there's, like, five agents who've been pretty cool, one mm -hmm. of which is the guy who had called Memphis. And, I mean, he was amazed that Memphis answered and that they'd worked it all out. And it was kind of like, man, this is crazy that this actually worked out. And, you know, like, they were all kind of – and then this dude comes in. 
and he starts barking orders to everybody. And he's like, we're, you know, seizing them. He's forfeiting them. You know, they're going to be melted down. He's, I mean, he's just like, I mean, he goes, you can take your choke tubes out of the end of them. You can take your slings off of them, but you can kiss the case and those guns goodbye. Oh and, and he literally said, he said, this is going to be an expensive lesson and one you're going to learn the hard way. You know, you're never going to forget this one. Of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about the time my dad was like, son, I'm not saying you're stupid, but dang, you're tough. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you learn everything the hard way. I'm thinking, here we go again, you know. Uh, man, he walks off and. The guys start filling out this paperwork, and I'm signing things that are like giving my guns to the U.S. government, you know. And and I, I said to one of them, I was like, man, how did, like, what happened where we were high-fiving a minute ago that the Memphis Police Department answered the telephone, and now y'all are somber, and you're taking my favorite <laughs> guns and my buddy's favorite guns. Like, what did I do wrong here? And the guy kind of, the, the supervisor guy had walked off, and, and one of them kind of, whispered he was like man he was like we don't even know who that guy is <laughs> he said and and he's like he definitely kind of overreacted and i think he was pissed off that you didn't know what this form was and i said well man i i'm so look, what? I, I, I'm, I mean I, i'm willing to learn i mean he, like <laughs> I, just asking y'all to teach me well they show me the form and the form is this little it's about the size of a postcard and it peels off of a pad like literally they have stacks of these forms all over the place and all it is is name, address, and serial number. And so it's it's your registration into Border Patrol's database that says you own this gun. So you only do it one time in the life of the gun. And I don't know how or why, but I had, I mean, best, best I could count, I'd been to Canada over 30 times at this point. And I'd taken that gun to Canada 12 times. I'd never been asked for that form. They'd never run my guns through a database. I mean... And I guess it's just a fluke that it, I had never been asked for that. But the first time you leave the country with a firearm, you're supposed to register it in that database. And I didn't have that registry. And so, like, he's showing me the form. And he's like, man, you, you, know, you need to keep this with you at all times, blah, blah, blah. Well, about that, you know, 10, 15 minutes into this, you know, after the guy had walked off and they're filling out all the seizure paperwork, another supervisor comes by and like pulls one of the guys aside and he's like man let this guy get out of here he was like y'all you know tear this up and start it yeah. you know just act like it's fill out the 4457s and act like he had them mm -hmm. and and they were they were like man he said i'll be honest with you this was the the big agent that had scooped me up from the from the you know on the tarmac mm -hmm. he was like man i ain't seen many miracles in my time working in this department he said I seen one earlier when the guy from Memphis Police Department answered the telephone. He said, that beats all I've ever seen. I didn't think for a New York minute that she's going to get out of that with these guns. And he said, by God, you just taken the cake and topped it with the second miracle. That guy said to act like the first guy. Flipping up. He said, so what we're going to do is we're going to box these up. You're going to fill out this 4457. You're going to get the hell out of here. And I was like, are you kidding? Looked at him and I said, you mind if I give you a hug? And he goes, absolutely not. I'm going to help you pack this up and you're going to get the hell out of here. No hugs given. I was like, oh my gosh. I'd called Lindy. I'd called my dad. I told my dad, I was like, we need, I need help finding somebody that's an immigration attorney. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to jail or if they're going to melt these guns down, but I'm in world of trouble. And, oh, uh, gosh. Anyways, I, I walked out of the – after three – it had been three and a half hours, I walked out of the Border Patrol detention area, 
and they, they helped me get, oh, we forgot the best part. In the middle of all of that, they, so they, they called for the back, our luggage off the plane. Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to inspect the gun. Oh. Well, apparently in Calgary, the guy, the gate agent in Calgary had registered the guns under either either Drake's bags or, or Girk's bags. Like, you know, you, yeah, we showed up mm-hmm. as, with six bags, two for each of us. And, and so they had requested, Border Patrol had requested from American Airlines my two suitcases off the plane. So they get them. Well, when they show up, it's just two, two bags. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all know that's not guns, right? Like, that's two duffel bags. And they're like, what do you mean it's not guns? And I'm like, you know, my guns are in a black hard case. American Airlines knows which one it is. And there's a dude in a suit from American Airlines, and he's like, well, they just asked us for these two bags. And I'm like, well, there's three of us traveling together. I have no idea what the gate agent. So then Border Patrol, that, that was when the wheels really started to fall off because they were like, so you're telling us you have a stolen gun in somebody else's suitcase? I did not say that. Number one, the gun is not stolen. Number two, it's my suitcase. I have no idea what the dude in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. like, so... So they, after they'd got, they brought the first two, y'all were like about to pull off yeah. from the gate mm-hmm. and taxi yeah, you and text, leave. You text us, oh, they're, they're about to hold y'all up. And, then not and about up. that time, Border Patrol swarms <laughs> the plane, take off all the suitcases off the plane, yep. looking for the other four suitcases. I forget what they came on the intercom to say. Oh, oh, they, they did say that they had to get some luggage off from an A international flyer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's so, all they said. So by the time they got to take off, y'all were a good solid hour delayed. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and that was the second plane that we've had to sit inside of there for over half an hour to yeah. an hour. And and just as a side note, I ended up with all, after all this settles. Now I've got six bags and just me. Like oh, I've no. got our my big gun case and then five giant duffel bags because we've been gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Getting that from the border patrol to the airline. Ticket Jeez. counter was yeah. trying to push two things, you know, and the guy keeps coming on things like, do not leave your bags unattended any portion of the airport. And I'm like, I got a thousand pounds of luggage right here. Yeah, what do you want me to do here? I finally, I got to the, I got to the airline counter to rebook my flight. And, uh, man, I was just wore out on the brink of tears. And I, I, the lady behind the counter, she was really sweet. It was a little Mexican lady. And she said, uh, she said, what's, what's your name? And, and I said, well, this is going to be a long story. And she said, what, what's your name? And I handed her my ID, and she said, oh, you're Mr. Halford. <laughs> we all We've heard about you. She's <laughs> like, can I have a hug? I really need a hug. <laughs> she was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you home. That uh, made your situation last year look pretty easy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Oh, so we, I got home. That night and the next morning, I had a text from Drake. It was like, "Hey, boss, that second trip to Canada. I think I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Too much stress for old Drake. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. <sighs> but no, we got some good things lined up for the opener. You know, we get to go take my wife and my buddy and his wife and another couple more buddies go shoot some ducks before anyone else can really get them. Nice. Oh. Good Lord, she's got to be ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. She does. I think she's just ready to see Joe work. She, have a levy, yeah. she got a levy cut? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Sandy does, though. 
Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> do, do you let Lauren blow a duck call when y'all are hunting? She's she's tried a couple times. Are you like? Shh, 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 shh. Look, no, she don't ever bring one. She just gets mine and wants to toot around on it. Oh, okay. Know? But no, she doesn't bring her own calls. I don't blame her. Riley, what are you going to do for openers? Man, we're still kicking it around. We're just going we just going to go scouting for ducks and go hunting for ducks. Hopefully we're we're where they're at. Is anybody in line them. yet? Has anybody heard any? Man, if there is, I got an idea of who it is and where they're at and where they're headed. Um, but, ah, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm dying to see the post that's like, who's the first? Already in line. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting on the rain. Mm -hmm. Speaking of rain, we are supposed to get another big one. We are going to get some good rain. Looks like and, end of this week, maybe. Mm -hmm. End of the week and... Extended shows might get some like on opening day. That really? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're they're calling for at least another two to three inches like that weekend of duck season. Man, I know it's like the season of optimism and hope. You know, even though it's a drought, everybody mm -hmm. this time of year is always doing the rain dance. But I can remember one of the best seasons of my life was like thirteen, fourteen, and we got like a four inch rain on the Thursday before the opener. It was unreal. I remember we were at the. I went to the. Delta or DU banquet in Jonesboro with Kari mm -hmm. that Thursday night before, and it rained from like noon that day until 8 a.m. Friday morning. It rained Ooh. four inches in one mm. rain, mm. and the Black River went from one foot to like 15 foot. Oh, oh wow. We did not kill them opening day, but we did from Monday <laughs> after that weekend. We killed them from Monday until the end of the season. Uh, right here, it seemed like so. Here's hoping we get a couple inches yeah. of rain. Yeah, awesome. we, we could use it. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. I don't really have anything nailed down for sure. Just good it's crowd too, of folks, probably eight to ten people, and just kind of waiting to see. Yeah, making committed plans. Yeah, I haven't even really put feet on the ground to look for anything yet. Just yeah. are the ducks uh, down there? That's what I've heard. I got a. I heard that. Ducks were walking across each other's backs in one little spot. Oh, so. God. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Waiting in line to get a nibble on this yeah. fresh water. So. I don't know what the hell that. is going on over there. Can't put another one in there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, it used to be that way. When they flooded oh, those yeah. woods in the middle of October, mm -hmm. man, by November the 10th, it'd be. I mean, every year, there's more in them woods than I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, <laughs> just good cover, good water, and be the only water in the state, you know? Not anymore. I know, um, I guess last week and the week prior, the Dakotas, you know, the updates mm -hmm. from the Dakotas reports. I mean, still now, like last weekend, I was talking to Gert, he said it's, you know, yeah, pretty, heavy. pretty hot. So. I, will, I will say, seriously, there, there's a lot of people of my friends that are up there, and they say that this is the, this is the rotation year. This is the legit rotation year. What does that mean? Like, because, I mean, there's not a lot of water. Like, we've been in a drought for the last three or four years. So now there's been a lot of water that's came back up, and the ducks and everything are holding up there, and the weather has been, like, almost perfectly matched with them. And I feel like it's like a rotation year that it's actually a good year up there. So I'm saying they're seeing the numbers, so the numbers are going to make their way down. Rotationally speaking. <laughs> Rotationally speaking. <laughs> and that 
<laughs> it's today's Gearcast. Hey, I, I went. I went a solid three years without with not killing a single duck. Well, not killing a single duck, but not killing the numbers that you would. And now this year, they're actually. It does seem like the ducks are in the Dakotas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are. I, everybody I know that's gone to North Dakota since been the best they've seen in, you know, five mm-hmm. plus years. Yeah. And and driving, you know, back and forth. I mean, you guys saw a lot in the Dakotas coming through. There's more water in the Dakotas than there are in the areas we've been in Canada anyways. And so, like, that drought cycle every three, four, five years, it has to flip, like you're saying. And, mm-hmm. and it does seem like the Dakotas have had a really extra strong year. So Yeah, I left at the wrong year, but that's all right. You know, mm-hmm. there's always benefits to everything else. <laughs> We're glad you're here, Gurk. I'm glad I'm here, too. <laughs> Oh, rotation year. Yeah. Well, rotation year. We're adding that to all future <laughs> yep. Instagram posts. Hashtag rotation <laughs> year. Rotation year. You know how Tony, Tony Vandemore has got like ducks 2K23, yep. or, you know, ducks 23, or turkey yep. 23, or we're going to be rotation 23. <laughs> <laughs> Rotating to 23 to 24. Aaron, oh, you got gosh. a big deer on camera? I've got plenty on camera. Now seeing them outside of that camera is what's hard. Um, mm. Um, yeah, I've got a few here and there, just waiting, waiting you, to see them. You didn't yeah. have any pictures of that whopper that Peyton Bowling killed a couple weeks ago, did no, you? No, I would have. If I'd have had pictures of him, yeah, I would have taken a leave from work. <laughs> <laughs> no, he uh, he. They said that deer measured 170 something no, inches. I believe it. Dang. He had 18 Dang. inches probably yeah. of drop time. I was gonna say if it wasn't non typical, he'd have had you know he'd have he been on up there at uh, least three uh, drop times yeah. that were six inches or longer. Yeah, I mean, congrats to you. Somebody <laughs> killed a big man. I'm glad somebody's <laughs> killing him. <laughs> man. I want to see a picture of that rig. Really yeah. Check, I mean, that's the guy who owns Teague Store. No I mean, kidding. Yeah, so he, he was like three miles south of here. Yeah. I mean, a whopper. Wow. A whopper. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, yeah. So, I'll be chasing those nocturnal bucks until they start chasing does, and when I'm not doing that, I guess I'll find myself when, on the water. When, when do you think? When are they going to start chasing? I don't know. It looks it looks like they're kind of getting after it now. Are uh, you seeing scrapes and seeing some activity? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Russ came out the shop the other day and was looking at my spot, and he's seen a he's seen a little buck chasing a doe already. I haven't I haven't seen any chasing um, in the woods yet, but also haven't spent ample amount of time in there either. So I saw a buck last night go towards a pair of does, and he kind of had his head and yeah. He, he went from eating to mm-hmm. sniffing. Yeah. No. <laughs> he was the signs clearly like not see. much to sniff. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, you could tell he had it on his brain. Mm-hmm. No. I'm ready for it. It's my favorite time of year. So no ducks on opening day? No, for, I'll, okay. I'll probably – opening day, I'm, I'll probably be duck hunting. <laughs> okay. But, no, I'll probably rush home to, yeah. you know, get in a stand. Are so. you going to hunt in the, the duck woods this year? I always hunt in the duck woods. <laughs> I just, you know, have to prioritize. I've got to see what this, you know, these deer are doing here, here, what the ducks are doing here, and I've got to, you know, you just got to, you know, it's a hard choice sometimes. Priorities are straight for you. Right? Now, if I've got, you know, big man on camera doing something pretty regularly, I'm probably going to have to skip out on the ducks. Yeah. But if that ain't working, I'm, I'll go shoot, shoot my green. Mm-hmm. So... But again, like everybody else, water situation. So yeah, we don't have to worry about water up in Alberta, do we, Spence? I mean, kinda. 
we do have to worry about water. You're falling from the sky. I mean, <laughs> or frozen on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Coldest I've ever been in my life was last year in Alberta. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'm prepared for that. You're not. <laughs> You're not. The only saving grace is that you just don't have to be out there very long. No. <laughs> the only time I got warm last year is when I would, you know, playing dog. I couldn't wait to go run and pick up birds just to get some blood moving. I mean, it was it was cold. Yeah. Well, when Drake told me, he's like, I'm not uh, that he didn't bring Josie up there because Thomas doesn't yeah. even run his dogs up there because mm-hmm. it's just too cold for even the dogs. And I was like, well, I don't think it's too cold. I, I, last year he didn't run them. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. his uh, dog he, last year was hurt. Oh, okay. Oh, and yeah. uh, he told me I could have brought Joe up this year if I wanted to, and I was just like, nah. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Stressful flying situation. I don't really want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's also like. The stuff we hunted wasn't powdery snow. It was real packed down. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a vet, but I'd be a little bit nervous about. It's kind of like hunting on ice, you know. It's, yeah. That stuff is exactly slick. what we were doing. I mean, yeah. it was packed down because the birds had been yep. sitting on it, and um, I, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about ACLs and yeah. things, you know what I mean. Yeah. Chasing. I've heard of like freak accidents like yeah. that. A dog slip I mean, on ice and then, you know, and the spinal spread. issues. I seen where a dog got paralyzed on Facebook running oh, out on gosh. ice, and it was like full leap and its first leap the dog just crumbled you know Ooh. freak accident paralyzed itself just because you know it didn't have any grip and it just slipped out its mm. paws slipped out in all directions mm. we don't need any of that no uh, lord no we don't need any of that hmm. what are your plans boss i'm going to alberta oh yeah hunt with thomas gilpin that'll be fun that sucker's a workhorse up there. I would yeah. normally, like, when somebody says that'll be fun, kind of my go-to is like, that'll be all right, you know. It'll, yeah, you're right. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and own that yeah. one. Right? Are you all going to stay at that pretty cool cabin that he's wanting to book? Or No. it. I think uh, he's saying it's about over up there. Mm. So we're, we're relocating to the honey hole that we hunted last year. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be some – Guaranteed open water. Yep. Have another. Uh, so you don't have to worry about water. <laughs> we have to worry about it a little bit because there are wild birds. I mean, yeah. we do have yeah. to kind of worry about it. But yeah, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. Just got to worry about what stand in cornfield they're going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the early scouting reports from our friends up there are that the numbers are better than they've been in. A number of years, and if any, if what we saw on our trip to to Saskatchewan mm. is any indicator, duck numbers are definitely on the up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at least that's anecdotally yeah. Yeah. our experience. Yep, Forbes said the same thing on Facebook the other day. Did it? Uh, yep, the uh, Illinois flyover was five percent up on mallards, I think, like in the ten-year history or whatever and then uh mississippi river was i think four percent you know just right there with it so i don't know why but i had it in my head everybody was reporting a couple months ago that numbers were down that's what i'd heard too and And then 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 once seasons fired up getting reports from canada it seemed like all of it was debunked what do y'all think about all those numbers where do they get them i try not to look at them (laughs) where do they freaks me out yeah i don't know how accurate they are i mean from my understanding there's like a square mm-hmm. on a glass when they fly over it. Like that, if that square is filled up, that means there's X amount of ducks yeah. or something like mm-hmm. along those lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they. I just I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the, 
the, the logic behind it, but I also just don't understand the, the I don't know what the right word is, but the, anecdotally, my experiences have never matched up to what the, I feel like some of the best yeah. seasons I've ever had were the years they were like, oh, the duck numbers are down. Mm -hmm. And then the years where they're like, duck numbers are at record highs. Mm -hmm. I feel like they suck. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know how it's, Same. you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's yep. sort of like, I don't want to say it's like the weather, man. He says it's going to rain and then it's sunny. And then it, but it, it's kind of like that. I feel yeah. like mm -hmm. I, I, there's no correlation to me in terms of quality hunting and what all these yeah. preseason reports right. say. Yeah. Um, not trying to dog any of the conservation groups no. or the state or – but I, I just – I don't know. I, yeah. It doesn't seem – And like I know like back home whenever they do flyovers, they fly – I mean, they fly over public stuff, but a lot of it they're taking data from refuges and – to me, like a lot of the, which it's completely different. But back home, you don't see a lot of the birds that you hang out on the refuges. They know where they're they're at, and mm -hmm. you know they've got two set places between that refuge and that little piece of private land, flooded mm -hmm. cornfield. So you don't hardly ever see the ducks that they're actually flying over and saying that we have. It yeah. seems like yeah. which that varies from state to state. But hmm. the only way that I could see like one of those percentiles like being an actual like beneficial number to like the general public is like a rest area in states like Arkansas or Missouri that you can like physically look at from a previous year and like notice how many birds are coming yeah, and, out of it. And Missouri, I don't know what other states do it the way Missouri does, but Missouri counts those ducks on their refuges almost, I think daily. Mm, really? And, or at least gives estimates because they post it on their, on the, on that refuges pay, you know, mm -hmm. internet, like website page, I guess. Um, and they update that count. If it's not daily, it's like every other day or every couple mm -hmm. days. But Arkansas doesn't. I mean, no. you, you see like in, in their weekly waterfowl report, you see a it's like a statewide mm -hmm. number of what's estimated. But there have been several times in my life I know for a fact I read that number and I knew where that many ducks were sitting. Oh, 100%. Wouldn't you say the yeah. same thing? Yeah. Like, I can remember one time they said there were only 100,000 mallards in the state of Arkansas or something. And I was like, no, there's 200,000 at Lake Ashball right, right. Now. Or where, <laughs> you know I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I can remember that multiple times where their number was either – I never thought their number was too high because they can't see everywhere. But it was always times where I remember whatever their number was, I could think of two places or three places mm -hmm. where I feel like – Y'all clearly didn't fly over that, right? You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. It's well, maybe we should we should find somebody that does some of that. If anybody flying. knows the procedure to this, feel free to chime in. Yeah, yeah. yeah seriously, like it, somebody. Talk to the old boy at Pocahontas that flies over real low. He probably has a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody. There's a. I, I don't know what other states do. I know Arkansas has a. They've got a set thing like that they fly like a grid, mm -hmm. like you were saying, Drake. And then they, they take the, the data they see in that grid and they kind of, there's mm -hmm. a math calculation for making that across the whole state. But, um, and I'm sure, I mean, these are clearly people that are a lot smarter than us. We had a hard time figuring out how to checker, you know, a tiny panel on the yeah. shin gear calls. Yeah. So <laughs> the math calculation of that, you started talking about pie. And nobody that worked here knew what pie was. Numerically, we had to Google it. I ran away whenever I heard that. <laughs> I was asking, Cherry or Blue Bear? <laughs> I just remember Drake was like, what? Radioactive. <laughs> I'm going to go back in this tuning room. Yeah. 
but yeah, that would be a pretty cool podcast. We could get somebody on here that knows mm-hmm. about the flying. I'm sure there's. I could. I know one guy that used to do it back home. I really? don't know if he'd be willing to drive all the way out here, but I'm sure he might. We could get him on the telephone. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, telephone for sure. Yeah. Reach out to him because that was I'd heard. You know what Drake was talking about too, where they kind of like take a picture and from that certain mm-hmm. area they'll kind of do some type of equation to. I think I'd heard that from him as well. Yeah. I just wonder how much of that is federally driven versus state. Because if it's state driven, some states are going to do a better job than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But also, the part that's hard to kind of wrap my mind around is that I mean, these are migratory critters. So mm-hmm. if they're all holed up in North Dakota one day and then they all move, mm-hmm. it's it seems like kind of flawed logic to think that they're evenly dispersed across the entire flyway. Right. Clearly yeah. not. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other the other part of the whole equation that never seems like they take into consideration is that from year to year, you know, you have better habitat in certain places. You know, like some years, if the Cache River is up, it seems like it seems like once ducks get to a place, they tend to stay there the whole season. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, versus it starts out real dry and then it gets real wet, like. Mm-hmm. You know, some years they're real thick in Biomeda, and some years they're real thick in Dave mm-hmm. Donaldson. And I feel like some of that's habitat dependent. A lot right. of it's habitat dependent, you know, mm-hmm. and, and where they get first. And I don't know. That's, it'd be interesting to get somebody on to kind of. Yeah. Talk I wonder, about. like, I feel like a good way to do it would almost be like a thermal, do it over at night, which I know a lot of birds move at night. I've heard yeah. that as well. But flying over water with thermal if you could have some kind of equation or calculation to figure out you know if it's this hot in this area there's mm-hmm. roughly this many birds you know holding on that's a good point i mean Just, they do that with water mm-hmm. you know um and the, through the lidar studies and right. things like that i would think that they could and that's thermal based right um you know who knows all about that is uh hancock uh oh you know three-timer uh What's his name? You know, won worlds three times. Hancock. Uh, mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. You know, he won Main Street Worlds. Oh, like, Logan. Logan, yes, Logan. He knows all about that LiDAR mm-hmm. stuff. I wonder yep. if he would. Hmm. He probably knows about ducks, too. Yeah. He'd be a good one to have on here just to talk about duck calls and LiDAR yeah. and duck call. It is interesting. I'm sure you could call into some type of game and fish, like, commissioner, and be like, hey, do you have anybody that would be – We'll I've got a it. great idea. We should record a phone call between Gert and Arkansas Game of Yes, ma'am. My name is Levi J. Gerke, and I was calling to find out who I could talk to about the count on these How weekly waterfowl in Arkansas. Can you tell me everything you know? I was thinking about Probably a hunting. short list coming. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, me. All mm. right, well, I guess that's all of our agenda. And uh, we should probably wrap this deal yeah. up. It's yep. getting closer. Getting it's getting closer. closer. Get your duck calls ready. Leaves are falling. The weather's changing. Stay ready. Don't have to get ready, Gerk. That's right. Hashtag rotation here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag rotation here. Yeah. Hashtag rotation here. Eric Church year. can have his record year. We're going to have our rotation here. Dang year. right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that puts a whole new spin yeah. on it, Ross. I like that. I'll start writing up lyrics to a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the hoping it's a rotation year for all of our listeners out yeah. there. So.
All right. Well, with that being said, Girk, you've got a podcast to edit. All right. <laughs> Drake, you got more calls to tune. Yeah. <laughs> About 70 or so more. Nice. Yeah. That's not bad. Not terrible. I'm going to go slide some rubbers on. <laughs> R.I.P. index fingers. Yep. Index is <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to touch those anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when you get done with the podcast, we're going to need you. Yeah, we're going to need your thumbs. Toughen them tight and typing fingers up. (laughs) (laughs) Get all good and calloused. (laughs) All right. All right. Catch us on the next one. Thanks for listening, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Roll Todd. Roll Todd. Go.